You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. Okay, everybody. This is Kill You Last. I still don't know how to start the pod. He's so really every, bad at starting. Already, I see it in your eyes. Every <laughs> time I try to come up with a fancy way to start it, and there's no good way to do this. So Watch this. Welcome to Kill You Last Podcast. That's I'm it. Alex Pashera. That's it. I'm Peter Garacci, and today we have our guest, Andrew Chavon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yes. Welcome, Andrew. And what movie are we doing today, Andrew? We picked RoboCop. Yeah, we did. RoboCop. 1987, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul, we're uh, not by... Not by design, but we just accidentally are doing the two big Paul Verhoeven 80s action movies back to back, which is might as well get them out of the way. Oh, yeah. Total Recall is my second pick. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's good. So, yeah. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you ended up, I mean, where you're from, how you, what you do, and why you picked Robocop. So, yeah. Comedian. No, that's how I know you two fine sirs. Yes. From uh, outside of Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, cool. Been living here for almost six years. And... um what else do you want to know about me? <laughs> where, where did you, I actually went to William & Mary, so I have a lot of friends from the Northern Virginia area. Oh, that's crazy. I went to VCU. So oh, okay. I would go to William & Mary sometimes to hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nerdy. It is. Um, a lot of comedians came out of William & Mary. I know none of them. Uh, John, oh, really? John Stewart, Patton mm. Oswalt, uh, Michelle Wolf, and Carmen Lynch all went to William & Mary. Wow. And Peter Garacci. <laughs> <laughs> Rounded it out. That yeah. last one. Yeah. Patton Oswalt was actually in my fraternity. But like ten years what fraternity? old, fraternity, uh, Phi Kappa Tall, oh. and I found that out because I looked at a we have composites of all the fraternity brothers, and I looked at the old ones one day, and Pat Oswald is in the composite. I was like, "What the hell?" Oh my god! Yeah. So if I ever meet him, I'll be like, "Hey, I went to the same school as you, and we were in the same fraternity. I re- you want to be friends?" <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was in high school, I, I really liked him, and I found out he was from DC and started there. So I emailed him from his website, and he, Whoa. and he wrote back. He was no like, shit, no way. I was like, where did you start? I want to start there. And he's like, oh, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so that's you, always the answer. <laughs> so did you know, like, in high school, you're like, I'm going to be a comedian, that's it, and I'm going to do what it takes? To it, get- it was like a lofty idea, but yeah, that was always there. And it, it took a few years to figure out how to actually do it. Yeah, when did you actually start then? So you were thinking about it all the way back in high school, but... Yeah. It always has like a, a ramp up of a few years, right? Yeah, you, you have to like get the... You have to first figure out what to do, you, you, you know? Like, well, first, I didn't realize you could do it. Yeah. I thought like yeah. only like five people were allowed to do it. Right. The I mean, we saw on TV. It's pro- it was probably better when only five people were allowed to do it. But <laughs> I wouldn't say that if I were you. You started like what ten minutes ago. I did start. Well, yeah, up. but I someone had to take the reins. I'm like Batman when he decides to go back to being bad. Like Bruce Wayne when he decided I can't live a regular life. I gotta yeah, go don't to finish that sentence. <laughs> Someone's got. Oops, sorry. You're good. Someone's man. got to save comedy. Uh, oh, no, those are the best comedians because they're like, oh, I have nothing else to go back to. Right? I yeah. know what it's like on the other side. Some people start when they're like 16 and, and then they quit comedy later. I One of my like... Yeah, that's interesting. One actually. of my struggles in life is that I actually started in my like middle 30s. And I always think like, oh, if I would started at 23. But the, the 23-year-old me might have quit already. Yeah. Mm. I know a lot of people who started young and, and just just... Finally got a girlfriend, and they were like, "Hey, regular life is way better than comedy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's true. I know regular life is not better. <laughs> Do you, so you started after a little bit of regular life, or yeah, did you start I was in I was uh, um, uh, twenty. I think I had just turned twenty-seven, 
Oh, I, I had just broken up with a girlfriend, and um, nice. And you know, no, I was twenty six. I'm sorry. Okay. What? Whatever. But I had just broken up with a girlfriend. I really had no friends. I was like, I got nothing else. Let's do the thing I've always wanted to do. And I'm assuming <laughs> you had like a regular job at the time. Yeah, I worked. Yeah, uh, yeah I worked nine to six. Yeah. And then I would I would change in my car and drive to like an open mic or or whatever. Uh, and I, I barked for a year and a half in, in Greenwich Village. It's yeah. a free comedy show. So I would have to do that in like dress shoes and <laughs> Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for my for my uh day job. For stage yeah. time and everything. Yeah, no, I we have very very similar starting stories. I uh I had a real job for like three years, started at 25 and am currently doing Greenwich Village spots. So <laughs> we're just, uh, I'm about a year and a half in. <laughs> so we are pretty much, yeah. I kind of had this, similar. I mean, older, but I was like, I, in my late twenties went to acting school because people were like, you know what you should do? You should be an actor. I'm like, what? So I did two years of Meisner training and then I was trying to do acting and it wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it's not that it wasn't going anywhere. There was no momentum. Like you right. do a job and then nothing. And then you do another thing and then nothing. And I was like, what makes the most sense if I'm just going to focus on one thing? And stand-up was something that was always like kind of there, and I was always afraid to do it. And I started doing it, had a girlfriend, and she, she was always my plus one for bringer, so at least I had that. Okay. That's nice. Um, yeah. So that was cool. I, I remember that. one time she, wore, she was special. She wore a fur coat to Greenwich Village one time, and they put her <laughs> in the front, front row, and every comedian, of course, had to made a comment sure. about her. And Dustin Chaffin called her Chewbacca. Oh, my God. And I got up it's on stage. It's not bad, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, well, and I, I got up on stage, and I was like, listen, guys, <laughs> Chewbacca's with me. Like, I was, like, going to pretend that she wasn't here, but I'd rather her be happy than you guys laugh at me, so I have to. But I thought that <laughs> I, I, I was managing a restaurant, and I actually got, like, the perfect schedule. Like, I was off, like, Friday, Saturday. I had nice. Monday. They only had to work two nights out of, out of the week. Damn. And I was like, oh, God, this is not working out with comedy. I got to leave this place. And what I realized later on was it was the girlfriend that wasn't working out with comedy, not the job. Because the job actually became perfect. But it was her being like, when are you going to be home? Oh. I expected you at 10 and it's 10, 15. I'm like, this is not going to work out for yeah. me. Yeah, girls are from, I remember in college, I was like, I want to do comedy. And the girl I dated was like from Virginia, very Southern. She was like, you're going to be on the road and leave me all alone. I'm like, well, that's a very optimistic view you have. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I hope. Mean, that's, that's an ideal situation. Best case scenario. <laughs> You'll be waiting when I get back on Sunday night. <laughs> So let's talk about. So I can I can already tell because when when Andrew and I met at New York Comedy Club, you introduced yourself as Chavon, and I, you know, I don't look it, but I'm like super Guido from Jersey. My father came here from Sicily, so wow. you you pronounced your you Americanized your name. So I assume that your your family's been here for a few generations. So maybe you got a grandma that's like a real Italian, but maybe you're not so Italian. The re- in the next generation, yeah, and- you're you're pretty dead on grandmother from off the boat she she uh spoke italian at four and had to learn english and you know she resents immigrants that (laughs) came after her that get subtitles and stuff (laughs) she really is uh like a freak about uh, that's she brings it up in every conversation i'm like let it go uh (laughs) but um and then my my grandfather, his dad, I think, was an immigrant. And yeah, from came young and then raised him. It's funny because my grandmother, uh, still ninety two years old, still lives here alone, and she she was like in business. She had a like a deli, and she also has rental apartments. And that neighborhood, which is where my father and my mother met, used to be all Sicilians. Like so, for decades, you know, everybody she dealt with, all her customers, the plumber, the electrician, the exterminator, all Italian. Wow. Now. She like I would I would live with her for a while and I would see her like talk to the exterminator who was American and she'd get mad at him 
that he didn't understand her. I'm like, you're such an asshole. Like, <laughs> you're in America, and you're. But she's like so stubborn that she's like, everyone should come to me. Like everyone should learn how to speak to me. And I'm like, no, you're you're part of the problem. You've been here for 60 years, and you never learned how to speak English. Yeah, it's crazy. But the the name um, when my grandfather's father got to Ellis Island, he was checked in by a guy named Malone. And I don't know if Malone was like your name Siobhan or he was like, oh, your name's Malone. Is that what Siobhan is? No kidding. So it's like one of those freak things. But then because of that, every person descended from his family tree is called Siobhan. Yeah. What? Well, you would kind of be an asshole to be Siobhan in America. <laughs> like Siobhan. Yeah, you'd be, a, you'd be a piece of, yeah. Well, I think it's funny. Because like, even I, we say Garachi is not the correct pronunciation of my last name. It's Guarachi. But uh, I have, that's how my father extra, says it. An extra guac. So one of my teachers asked me one time, she goes, how does your father say your name? And he was like, he says, what? And so she would always try to say it. But I have cousins in Chicago who are like much more Americanized than we are. And they say Garasi. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, they, like, that's named, a little annoying. They name their kids like Brian and Craig. I'm like, you guys, we're barely related. Like, <laughs> that's full of Like, I'm still like, you know, like Peter and Paul. Like, it's still like almost, you know, my dad's name is Joseph. Like, it's not. Like, <laughs> All you, the Catholic you, names. Yeah, you start, you start naming your kids Craig. It's like, you're out. You're not. You can no longer. Your Italian card is gone. Like, you can't even. <laughs> All right. As interesting as three guineas on a microphone. <laughs> I was, oh, Peshera. I was yeah, too. yeah, yeah. No, full. Actually, my mom is an immigrant, so. Yeah, we're pretty. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we're pretty. Uh, she was actually born in Venezuela. It's a whole long story. I really don't want to get. We into should it. start a Let's feast. Talk about we, we should start a, like a feast day in, in for Italian comedians in New York City. <laughs> Let's definitely never do that. Let's <laughs> definitely talk about RoboCop. Like starting around now. Now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, why did you pick this movie when we brought up the idea to you? Why Why did this movie stand out to you? So when so. I picture 80s action, I picture RoboCop. I don't know what okay. other people picture. Like, you know, what, uh, what do you guys... People will picture... I, Peter would picture, I'd say, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, and Predator. Oh, right. Oh, that's know? the... I'll kill you last. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in our, uh, and intro. it's funny because I was thinking about this uh, when we were talking about Total... Because we've already done Predator and Total Recall. Yeah. Schwarzenegger did a lot of sci-fi. Like yeah, the yes. two Terminators, Running Man was another favorite, right? And so this is a movie that, for whatever reason, it's a it's eighties actions. They, this is what I love about the eighties. Like another movie I want to do is Over the Top, the the Stallone like arm wrestling movie. Okay, and uh, it's like in that the sounds so bad. No, but like, I've never heard of that. But oh, you never, oh my neither. god, dude! The soundtrack I had it on cassette. I was <laughs> I was I was listening to it on YouTube yesterday it's the soundtrack alone is amazing but it's like in the 80s they made a movie about every one thing do you know what i'm oh, saying oh yeah so there was a bmx movie there was skateboarding movies they had vision quest about yeah. high school wrestling there was a wrestling movie so they had action there were so many action movies that they had to have like sub genres of action <laughs> movies and one of the things I, I think it came up on the voiceover commentary at robocop is that I, th I think somebody uh, who may have been the uh, one of the special effects guys or one of the writers who worked on RoboCop worked on Blade Runner, too, which is another favorite of mine. And it's like in Blade Runner and Terminator, you have robots that look like humans and you can't tell that they're robots and they're deadly. And then RoboCop is a human that becomes a robot to protect humans. So right. it's like they had to work out every iteration of every idea. And that's one of the things I love about these movies. Yeah, it was the simple idea where, he, yeah, you're right, he was on the... Um uh, Blade Runner and he was like what, what's this movie about he saw the set it looked really cool and the guy was like oh it's about a guy who hunts robots a police guy who hunts robots he's like what if I made the opposite of that yeah a robot that hunts humans yeah and then and then he met another guy who had the same idea right he, he had the, oh so the screenwriters yeah. and they got together and they wrote the screenplay yeah yeah and it's also it's an original idea which is also like 
interesting because a lot of these movies are based on books or came from somewhere. This is a completely original script. Yeah, well, it's not really a brain busting idea. No, it's a it robot. really isn't. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a robot. But, that's a cop. It's a robot cop. <laughs> but going, but Robo-cop. going back and watching it, it's really well done. Oh, like, absolutely. The characters are great. The ideas are great. The way it's put together is great. So. Every beat is so detailed. I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, yeah. no, let's get into it. But I, yeah. yeah, so it was, you said we we said off off mic that we both kind of saw this movie when we were too young. Oh my mm. god, yeah. What did you mean by that, both of you? Well, I saw it. I was at my uncle's house. It was on TV. I don't know if it was HBO or he had the cassette, but the uh, the scene where he, I immediately look up and it's a scene where he gets shot by all the mobsters. Yeah. And and then it cuts to that and then goes he goes to the emergency room where there's a real crew, apparently. I read in the trivia. It's like a real EMS team. They're saying real stuff. And I thought, it was, I didn't even know it was a movie. I thought it was a documentary about this guy who got shot. Because <laughs> up until then, I never saw anything so violent. It was. I, it, I, the only thing violent than that was like the news. So yeah. <laughs> everything else was like a Disney movie or something I saw. Right. It's, it's funny because I was at somebody's house. Actually, we, we have these family friends. So my last name is Garachi with C-I in the end. And we have family friends that are Garachi with G-I in the end. And, and every time we see them, like, oh, isn't it funny? Their last name is almost the same as our last name. But it's, I'm like... It's not that interesting. Like, I don't know why everybody in my family gets... But I remember being at their house, and they had, like, much older kids, and they were watching Robocop. So I must have been, like, six or seven. Yeah. And they're watching it. And I, the scene... I remember um, Peter Weller's character, Murphy, getting killed by the gang, and it was so brutal and so vicious that to this day... Like, I was actually, like... I had a little bit of trepidation going back and watching the movie. That's, that's another thing that's come up in this podcast. As I love action movies, but I'm squeamish about, like certain kinds of violence me too and that kind of violence makes me squeamish yeah. like when somebody's like viciously getting murdered and people are laughing and cackling about it like it's upsetting it and was unsettling it, it, even for as a someone watching it for the first time <laughs> yeah i bet yeah. i mean i wish well, i could watch I keep, it for the first time I keep again. bumping the table you can, you can move back a yeah, little I'm maybe sorry, I'm doing yeah no, you're it, good. and i never saw something like i was a kid i remember like why isn't he dead and then my dad was like oh he's wearing a bulletproof vest and i'm like well, dude uh-huh. it was so much gunfire <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, an outrageous amount of like <laughs> shots to the chest and he was still alive it was it was way too much uh, there's yeah. a few scenes that i really want to talk about they just blow off his hand <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was hilarious well speak it's not hilarious it's really upsetting I thought uh, it was still to this day but that's it's funny you say that because like you know that's one of my favorite things in movies it's like oh he survived because he was wearing a bulletproof vest Here's my. Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And then I was like, "Why is he yelling, Dad?" Is like, "Oh, you can still get hurt with it." I'm so like, one, th- I learned so much from that movie. Yeah, you, I that's might, true. That, that's speaking to why you picked this movie. Why yeah. I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but like one of the things that um, stood out to me is like a plot hole or like a goof. It's like, why didn't anybody ever shoot RoboCop in the human part of his face? <laughs> right, right, the mouth. Yeah. Right. Like, He's yeah. like he's got impenetrable metal skin, except for the part where his mouth is human. Like, why not just shoot him right there to stop? Like, you can't stop him unless you shoot him in the mouth part. Well, right. I was trying to think of this from a 1980s perspective, and that technology would be so crazy even now that if you're a criminal and you just turn around and you see fucking <laughs> RoboCop, I think you're you're not thinking that. Like, yeah, like you're watching it from the mood, like eating popcorn in your underwear, and you're like, oh, shoot him in the mouth, but. I mean, if you're in the movie and you and you you take it for what it is, I, I could see why no one would have thought of that. Yeah. Another scene that I, 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 you know what, I learned a lot from this movie too. And one of the things I learned is that when adults tell you about drugs, they're often lying. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is, <laughs> That's interesting. what I mean by that is, you know, Miguel Ferrer plays uh, the scientist who helps create RoboCop. 
Okay. That's who's great character actor. He's uh, Rosemary Clooney and Jose Ferrer's son. So oh, wow. he's he's George Clooney's first cousin. Oh my god. So I think he's the one who actually helped George Clooney get into the business of acting. And his other like famous role besides this movie, if you ever seen Traffic, the Soderbergh film, yeah. he's the guy that Don Cheadle and Luis Guzman Guzman are protect he's the witness that's gonna turn against the mob, oh, the drug dealers. Right. And they're protecting him for the whole movie. Wow. And he's just one of those guys, he's like really He's kind of assholey but charming at the same time, and he's great in this movie as that guy because that's exactly what he plays. He plays like a really charming, cocky asshole. Right. But there's a scene where where he gets killed, and it, by the by the way, oh, this this podcast is all spoiler. all spoilers all the time. Yeah, we can. And I would hope we can. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason that we do. I mean, if we're doing '80s, if we do a new movie like when we do Predator Two, because yeah. we're gonna do that. We'll give like a uh, an intro where it's like you know if you haven't seen Predator twenty eighteen yeah, yeah. whatever but for but, Robocop but for, it's fucking thirty years old what, what yeah yes thirty years thirty one years old yeah they had the thirtieth anniversary and they were gonna build a statue Wait, in Detroit who's they in Detroit I don't know <laughs> oh, okay some, some people really like Robocop <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what's funny is <laughs> it was definitely you right the, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was me I said the fun you did the GoFundMe yeah. I've never been to Detroit but the eighties dystopian view of what future De- Detroit was gonna be like is might be not as bad as what Detroit is actually like now yeah there's more people it's living true, in Detroit actually. in Robocop than probably are living in Detroit right now and was, Detroit declared bankruptcy so the movie was right yeah yeah I I, I thought I thought about that I was like did they know was was Detroit this bad in the eighties and it, I looked it up and it really it, it wasn't. It, they were. They just. <laughs> yeah. They kind of like picked the city. Well, and they worked. were predicting. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, at the time, they're actually one of the fun, one of the jokes of the movie is the the car, the SUX, the sucks, the uh-huh. six thousand. I sucks, love it. Which is a great joke, by the way. Oh, and I do think this movie's hilarious. And it, it's ongoing. They're like, we got the sucks. Like yeah, they actually yeah. get what was in the commercial, which is <laughs> fucking funny. It's honestly like it's it's very self aware. This movie. Yeah, and yeah. it's like oh, they're imagining a time that Detroit still would make cars. So again, that that's a more optimistic sure. view of the world. <laughs> very true. Than it actually is happening right now, but. It, Getting back to Miguel Ferrer, there's a scene where he's uh, doing coke with a couple of chicks, and then he gets he gets killed, and it's like it's one of like the early jarring scenes in this movie, and that's one of the things where I think this movie is brilliant because it's like you don't see that coming, and you don't see it coming in that way, and it's so well done. But I remember being like as a kid, being like, oh my god, that guy's a scientist, and he wears a suit, and he's like successful, and he does drugs. <laughs> what else are what else are adults lying to me about? Because that's not what I've been told. Do you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to, like, you're, you, like when you're in school, they tell you that there's people like on the street, like in the gutter, like those are drug addicts. I'm like, no. Sometimes they make like robots in the future. <laughs> they make robot <laughs> they police. They just make them. Yeah. So I was like, I remember that that had such an impression on me. I was like, I've been lied to. Well, okay. Yeah. But go on. It, Sorry. It, to counter that, because maybe people at home are like that, but the, I don't think he was a scientist. I think he was a Wall Street guy. Oh. But yes. wasn't he? But he was like kind of spearheading the product. So I guess he's yeah, not. He, he, no, it, was all, he, it was all for profit, though. Like, yeah, he just they wanted, were a business. What yeah. was the business called? OCP. OCP. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you're just, good. Which is just cop, uh, you know, an anagram. Oh of that. shit! Yeah, you're right. OCP, which is an anagram for cop. Yeah. <laughs> or the just, movie's just, called RoboCop. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the but uh, a lot of things I miss. I think he's like an executive. That's why he's in the executive washroom. He has the keys. Oh yeah, you're right I, about that. I'm not big on plot sometimes. For some, for <laughs> oh, really? Like, for, for someone who hosts a movie podcast? Yeah, for yeah. someone who like loves movies and is like gets into the nitty gritty, like the plot is always the thing that I know least. I'm always like, why did who? What's that guy do? Like at the end of the movie, I'm like, what is his title? What's his name? Like I sometimes like I don't get names of characters I've, in movies I've seen a hundred times. I don't get the names either. So when you first said he was a scientist, I was like, oh, is there a scientist I forgot about? And then you talk about the coke scene, and I'm like, oh, it's the guy. Yeah. Miguel is his name. Uh, Jose Ferrer. That's no, 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 Miguel Ferrer. Jose Ferrer is his dad. 
Okay, in actual life. In real life, okay. his name is Miguel Ferrer. I have no idea what his name is in the movie. Okay, yeah, Miguel. So he was supposed to be like a super evil guy in the movie, and they and they saw when he came in and started reading, they're like, oh, he's so likable. Let's make him not as bad as the white-haired guy yeah, uh, who became the super evil who's guy. Ronnie Cox, Dick, uh, what's his name? Dick, uh, I can't think of his last Somewhere name. Something about Red from the 70s show? No, no. no. Yeah, he's the, oh, okay, he's the sorry. Fo- uh, like the main henchman. He's the be- really bad guy. The henchman. Yeah. Okay, very, very. Well, yeah. the guy, Ron- Ronnie Cox, who's the main bad guy, he's also in, um, he's in, Total Recall as well. Oh, and he's okay. also the the chief of the Beverly Hills Police in Beverly Hills. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. So he's, one of the, he's got one of those great 80s, like, <laughs> just shows up in a couple of great movies. <laughs> business white great... guy look. Yeah, yeah. yeah they like, do. They looks did great in a suit. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, probably right. a nice guy in real life, but plays a bad guy really, really well. He's got a great stern voice when he yells at him. Even, <laughs> yeah. even through the video when he plays it before he... By the way, he's just holding a grenade. Dude, you know? I'm so, all over the place with this. But. No, but so many things I agree with you on this. Like these <laughs> corporate guys. Okay, can we talk about the scene? It's towards the beginning of the movie where they, they introduce like the first version of RoboCop or whatever. The oh, prototype. Oh, the Ed 209? Yes, yes. Yeah. The yeah. Ed 209, you which, psycho. Which looks like, you a, just looks like a helicopter with legs. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like animatronically moving and shit. Yeah. And then it murders a guy, <laughs> and then immediately after, they're just like, you cost me money. Where the guy is in the room dying, right. and nobody seems to give a fuck. I, yeah. I don't know. I thought that, that that took me out of the movie for a second. I thought it was hilarious because right. no one was – this guy got brutally, like yeah. brutally murdered in front of everyone. And the next not, – not even the next scene. They didn't even cut away. They're just walking with the, the boss guy or whatever his name right. is. Did you notice like as – Ed 209's targeting that one guy. Yeah. He's like moving to his friends and, and Miguel, uh, like the actor guy's pushing him away. He's like, get away from me. No, yeah. one, no one tries to help him. No one tries to turn off. the. Well, I guess they're trying to turn off the robot. They but. are trying to turn off the robot. That's the only thing they try to do. And as soon as they kill him, as soon as he's killed, they're just like, well, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> like not I'm going to arrest you or you just killed a guy. Like nobody acknowledges that. I, I thought that was so funny. Well, I, th- I mean, I think one of these ideas of like these movies that are taking place in the future is that the future is going to be vicious. Yeah, it's going to be ultra, ultra ultra capitalist. And yes. like, every and money matters and everyone's going to be dehumanized. So it's like that's a scene that's letting you know that like, oh, it's like it's, it's different. It's different times. Yeah, it's it's but it's supposed to jar like an audience in 1987 is supposed to be like, oh my God, is that what the future is so really going to be like? Yeah. yeah. Little did they imagine that instead we'll just destroy each other on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll, just be, know, we'll just troll each other. We'll just be cruel, be to one, sensitive. cruel to our friends on the internet, but no one will actually be killing each other in boardrooms. That's what the commercial's set up too. Like the first commercial is something about um, oh yeah, a, those a, t- a mess, missile and then the other one's a space peace pat. Form, which is a satirical name for a, 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 a death ray in outer space. Oh, shit. That was in the news thing. So I think they set up a super ultra-violent world where uh, you could die at any moment. Yeah. Yeah, watching that last night for the first time, I remember being like, what? Why are there ads and what... And at first I was like, oh, is this going to be the whole movie is going to be this grainy footage? And then it, wa- it totally wasn't. It right. actually won an Academy Award for sound editing. It was like really well done, like well, way ahead of its time. But like the first three uh, sequences are these like ads, like these 1980s style ads, but they're like futuristic ads. And, for- and they're also super dark. There's a, there's yeah, a, very, there's very. a security system that electrocutes the carjacker. <laughs> Did you see that? It's called yeah, the Magnavolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. And then the commercial guy just opens it. The guy falls out dead. He just climbs over. 
him to get in the car. It's and, like, and here you go. That's what it does. And he says, no noise and no uh, police. You don't have to be bothered. Meanwhile, there's a dead person. <laughs> it was like so brilliant. You could just kill a guy. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things about like when they try to imagine what the future is like is like they never imagine digital technology. Like they come oh, up with never. everything, but it's yeah. like it's still like box TVs. Like, uh, yeah. you know, like if you ever watch, uh, was it TX1138, which was George Lucas's first film? Mm-hmm. Like it's about a dystopian future where, where uh, no one's. Uh, men and women are kept separate and they can't have sex and they're like controlled by the government and they have all these ideas about the future but they're literally like watching video on like real to real video like <laughs> like and I'm like wow they, they nobody thought that you know we would have things in our pockets that showed video in the future yeah and star wars he has his mappers of vectrex just like a couple of lines or and but meanwhile he's in a spaceship that flies and goes go warp speed but yeah they think right. it would be a better viewfinder for the future we don't i mean we don't do we have i mean i don't watch a lot of these movies anyway but like right now i don't feel like there's a lot of movies that are imagining what 20 years in the future from now are gonna look like i think because we got it so wrong in the past i think people don't want to do that they're like oh yeah. we're gonna just gonna be foolish yeah. we're gonna look well one stupid. of my one of my pet peeves is that like and again, I love I love Blade Runner, and Blade Runner came out in '82, I believe. And the Blade Runner aesthetic is 1982's idea of what like 2018 is going to look like. Right. I, think, I believe that the the um, the replicants in that were born around like 2018, 2017 in in the world of the movie. That's pretty cool. And it's funny because now I see, cool. I feel like a lot of the aesthetic of 2018 is from Blade Runner. But I feel like that's a complete lack of imagination because they're using what 1982's idea of 2018 is going to be as opposed to creating 2018's idea of the future. Is that is that too nerdy? I don't know if that makes sense. You just blew my mind. Like if you go like the new Pulaski, like if you drive over the new Pulaski and it's like the neon pink lights, it's like, oh, that looks like Blade Runner. But Blade Runner is not the future. Blade Runner is 35 years in the past. So they're in 2018, they're making bridges that – are taking like the, the aesthetic from 35 years ago. So you're, you're saying that every modern architecture today is stealing from Blade Runner? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then oh, they should just be more... That's tri- what you're saying? Oh, that's such a stupid point. No, it's not a stupid point. I'm saying they should be more creative. I was like on board, and because I thought you were saying that like movies were doing that, but no, like... I'm saying the oh. aesthetic. You're talking about the actual Pulaski Bridge. Yeah, I'm talking about like the aesthetic <laughs> of what we think the future should look like is an old idea, as opposed to people trying to come up with new ideas. Yeah, today. I don't think the bridge yeah. planners are thinking about Blade Runner though. I think they are. I think. Totally, wow, really? I totally think they are. I think it was. I don't think so. But. No. Yeah, I think well, me <laughs> and Andrew are very I rational. Disagree on this. Yeah. I read an interview with this architect. Um, <laughs> uh, but the that, well, speaking of the future, that's yes. what's great about RoboCop. It's just like a slightly <clears throat> exaggerated. It's not even that. Like they still drive regular cars in the ad for the SUX. It gets 8.2 miles per gallon. I know, I saw yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. It doesn't fly. It doesn't run on a battery. Which I like about that though, because they kind of got that right. Yeah, they kind of got that right. We're still cra- using gas. It's a crappy car, so they were right about that. They were right about you know, uh, stuff being slowly privatized. I think there's something going on like that. Oh, absolutely. I, I was reading the actually just just the Wikipedia article, and the first thing it says is like uh, this movie has themes of uh, privatization, capitalism, dystopian future, human nature, all that kind of shit. So yeah. privatization is exactly and then like in, right in, on. The, in the show OCP is basically like the main 
super mega corporation. I don't know if there was yeah. something like that in the, in eighty two. I guess McDonald's, but like now, but not like an evil. But now we have Elon Musk, who's basically that dick guy from the movie. Yep. Right? Yeah, he's like a super guy. He doesn't care what what gets made. He wants to make it. I mean that that submarine and he's for the, private. Yeah, yeah, the submarine like to rescue the Thai people is basically Ed two oh nine. You know, it, it didn't work. But <laughs> oh really? <laughs> like, yeah. he, he still wanted to make it. It could have killed somebody. Yeah, wouldn't it, it doesn't. <laughs> wouldn't care. it be funny at a certain point underwater things just started opening fire and all those kids. <laughs> yeah, that would be just hilarious, shoots, it shoots, Peter. It shoots a torpedo, and, and they're like, like, "Why did you put this in there?" And like, Entertainment Weekly would be like, "RoboCop predicts the future." <laughs> um, another, like, so anybody who sees this movie now that's a little bit younger and seeing it for the first time, it's got the most jarring thing has got to be seeing the dad from that '70s show. As, oh yeah, as the bad guy. It's so hard. And not it's, only is he bad, he's the most evil guy I've seen in any shit. any eighties movie. He's just like super evil. Like you know, like some of them are like comically evil. This guy is like kind of like he still likes hookers and he likes drinking and he likes having a good time with his friends who are also killers. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't seem like that exaggerated eighties guy. He's kind of like a normal looking guy who just murders people for fun. It's yeah. crazy. Um, and for money because the dick guy paid him. It's crazy how good. He, of an actor he is and i didn't know really i mean he's great in that 70s show obviously as as the he's red right yeah I, I think we should make that clear uh but he is such a he's so good at being like an evil piece of shit in this movie that scene that you were talking about before where they shoot the hand yeah. where they sh- uh they shoot robocop before he's robocop murphy murphy his hand uh, and then he kind of gives them a break to like let them have their fun yeah and then he kind of just like smartly it's like, all right, enough funny. Just shoots him in the head. and Because like, I thought, watching this, I had no idea what to expect. I thought, oh, they're going to fucking toy around with him, and then Robocop's going to like live somehow. Right. In any other movie, that would happen. Yeah, because, they, because he gets too concerned with having what? fun. But or his partner was, saves him. His partner instead looked at the guy's wiener and then gets knocked out. That was fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the black guy, scene. there's just a black guy, <laughs> and he's taking a piss. I just want to break down the scene. I, in the, middle, on, in the middle of RoboCop being shot, right? Or is this right before? It's right before. It's right before. She goes in and they infiltrate the uh, villains. This is before RoboCop is even RoboCop. Yeah, this is Peter Weller, human. Yes, human Murphy. And he goes in. was handsome, by the way. Very, very handsome face. Yeah, that's why they hired. They cast him because he's a distinctive lower jaw. Yeah, I'd suck it. <laughs> you know, if you ever go to an audition, you're like, why didn't I get the part? It's like, oh, this is why. They I think just, that's uh, that's your problem. They pick they RoboCop just, face. <laughs> you, don't, just, you don't have no, good I don't, RoboCop I have a beard, face. Yeah, and then they also... Uh, they also picked him because he was slender. Like they originally wanted, he is a skinny guy. Yeah. Arnold to be it, but he was too big, and he looked like the Michelin Man in the the armor. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. So, so they had Peter that. Weller, a distinctive face, slender body. And they're like, here you go, <laughs> you're RoboCop. All right, yeah. but continue. Yeah. Well, yeah, the scene. So, so it's just such a strange scene. I don't know who the actress is, but Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nancy Allen's female cop. She's partners with um, Murphy, and they walk in to the to the um, warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. Very good. And uh, so she she finds this is after a car chase. So they know that the guys are in there, right? But they haven't seen anyone yet. So she runs. She comes across a guy taking a piss, and she's like, she points a gun at him, and his back is turned, and he she goes, hands up. And he turns around and he puts his hands up and the camera is like pointed (laughs) up at his face. So you don't know. I guess you're thinking like if you're like kind of a sexual person, you're like, oh, is his dick out? I don't know. Uh, He goes, should I zip this up or something like that? And she fucking looks down at his dick. Well, first she hesitates. She looks at him. Yeah. 
And then she looks down. She at looks his at dick. his dick, and that's the reason why RoboCop dies. Like, yeah, that's true. Because she couldn't get enough black hog. I, I, had, I had that same thought this morning. Like, if only she didn't look down, like right. the guy would have never died. Like everything would have been. But different. that's also why this movie is really funny. Like that's a funny moment. Yeah, and I like that they're willing to make shit kind of comical. Yeah, like, that yeah. is funny. It's, it's well, because 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 the violence is so heavy and so vicious that you have to have like a little bit of levity in this movie, or else it would have just been so dark. And I think talking about so yeah, Paul Verhoeven is the director, Dutch guy, makes this movie. That's this is his introduction to America. Right. Then he makes Total Recall after this, and he has like such a good touch. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, and it's funny because I I remember reading something where they said uh, the problem with uh, European directors when they come to America is they don't get America and they don't get how much fun and how funny America is. So a lot of like there's a movie called. Um, Things We Lost in the Fire okay. with Benicio Del Toro and Halle Berry. Halle Berry is ugh. But Benicio Del Toro is amazing and he plays that. You mean she's not good in it? Uh, she's not good in anything. Um, Whoa. Yeah, she's Hot terrible. Take. She's terrible. Uh, she, I mean, she's good to look at. But So Benicio is so amazing. He plays a, a heroin addict who, who um, goes to live with this, the, this family in this movie. And he's amazing in it. But it's this European director... And there's all these like close-ups of like raindrops and uh-huh. hands, and I'm like, ugh, this is like that European se- like art house sensibility. And Verhoeven is like he's a little bit like crass, yeah, but yeah. he's also artsy. So and he's also like he's an artist, but he has a kind of like shitty taste sometimes. Like he went on to make Basic Instinct and Showgirls, right? Which is which not is- surprising at all. So I think one of the reasons this movie works is that it's so well done. It's it's a piece of art. But it's like a little bit trashy. It's not afraid it's, to be tacky. It's but a it, little bit. It doesn't funny. come across tacky. It's yeah. just like it's not afraid of being stupid at times, which yeah, is good. It, but it's it's but it's smart in in that it makes the, yeah, the, the stuff that's dumb in the movie is like intelligent choices. It's the characters right. being dumb or the scenarios being dumb, not the filmmakers cutting corners and making a shitty movie. Absolutely. And did you read that the uh, Verhoeven kind of re- rewrote the script and I get made, I guess made a little artsy. And the uh, two original screenwriters were like, hey, man, I don't think you really understand America that much. So they gave him a bunch of comic books. He read them and he was like, oh, I totally get it now. Oh, yeah. And, I didn't and, know he, that went, and, he, went, and he went with their script. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. The comic books actually helped. Like, yeah. For real. And, and uh, it's great mm-hmm. that he kind of was like eager to learn and willing to kind of change his mind. Because there's I actually like, like a lot of sweet moments. Like when, when Robocop goes back to his original house and he starts having the memories of being his human oh, version. so great. Like that's a beautifully done scene. And it, and it happens at the right time where like the audience needs like a little bit of relief. Yeah. And uh, Nancy Allen, who plays his, his partner. So you know, to catch people up. She's his, the human partner of Murphy. He gets killed. Now it's a top secret operation. So nobody knows that this guy is, is Robocop. Right. She starts to piece it together and figure out, Oh, this guy is my partner. And they turned huh. him into this machine. Yeah. Is the guy with the most distinctive jaw ever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A robot. Oh, the cop, <laughs> that cop that just got murdered, that they happen to have access to his and, body. And they only ago. leave his jaw. Yeah. visible. <laughs> Probably the same jaw. height. Maybe he has the same smell. Like maybe <laughs> she, like it is her partner. Yeah. Um, he's got the same, lipstick. but she's a great actress. She was married to, um, uh, Brian De Palma. And so mm. she had been in a bunch of Barney De Palma films. She's in a great movie called Blowout with John Travolta, wow. where she plays kind of the femme fatale of that movie. And she's amazing in that movie. I think she was in Carrie too. I think she was one of the bad. Carrie's a great the bad movie. girls in I, Carrie. I looked at her IMDb. It's like 
Robocop, nothing, nothing, Robocop 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like, she had already had like a run in the 70s. Poor oh, girl. okay. So this is like the down, the down, yeah. uh, but thing. she's great in this movie. No, she was and good. she has like some moments with him where just, just from looking at him and just yeah, like very, like very subtle. And again, it's like, that's the kind of thing where a movie, if they were just making a schlocky action sci fi movie, this would have gotten wrong. Like these are the things that would have been got, gotten wrong in the movie, and they're Absolutely. done so well. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're still talking about this movie thirty something years later. It ha- and it holds up to the point where the did you guys see the new RoboCop two thousand fourteen? No. I downloaded it by accident when I. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shouts out Pirate Bay. Shouts out stealing movies. Shouts out whatever. I was just stealing this movie last night, and I uh, downloaded the wrong RoboCop. Oh thank God! You yeah. Watch that. Oh, I immediately was like, "Fuck this!" And then I downloaded the uh, 80, 1987 version. I did not watch it, but it, what were you about to say? Not good? Not no, great? it just can't hold up to, to the quality of the original. Like, yeah. They didn't need to I reboot see that. the original. Why remake a classic? Like, this yeah. movie is a also, classic. They why, did everything right. Why remake a classic of like a futuristic sensibility that you're only going to be, you're going to over perfect it, you're going to overdo the RoboCop? Like yeah. aesthetic, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like the actual, the actual cop. Like you're gonna make him non 1980s, which is like the whole thing is that he's like an 80s idea of a futuristic technology. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But also, and also like, and I like, you know, to me like real artists are like the ones with they take limitations and they do something interesting with limitations. And we talked about this in the in the when we did Total Recall. I would rather see dated practical effects oh yeah then exactly then the most amazing cgi that you know can't really happen 100 percent. that's what i'm trying that's what i was trying to say that's so a, this movie has they had to they had to be creative in how they solve problems right so like he couldn't sit in the robocop suit in the car <laughs> that's amazing right. you know yeah, he yeah, couldn't yeah. there were certain scenes just, where we were in sweatpants the in way the they <laughs> show this the robocop suit the way the what is the other robot called i can never remember Ed to yeah that's a that's a model that they made and you can see at times that it's oh yeah it's like drain grainy in the back yeah, you can 100% see the stop motion in that scene right before it blasts that dude in the, in the conference room oh yeah it's really funny if you slow it's it like down it's like Gumby I, yeah it's, it's I was, like really well, it's, it's like Gumby I was watching uh, the uh, they actually had a featurette um, on the on the DVD about uh, about the special effects and I, I remember uh, matte painting is one thing that they used to do and I was, oh, like, yeah. oh, I was like I don't know if I exactly understand when they mean when they say they do matte painting for effects and this featurette was all about matte painting and I was like oh what a great like coincidence and they literally black out part of the negative and then paint on glass and put the two negatives together and it's like Again, it's like what a genius thing to do, right? And it's a lot of work, and it's it's, it's really detailed. And now, literally, a guy can press a button on a computer yeah. and make a world that doesn't exist exist, right? But we, as as observers, we know that it's not like we're not as involved in it because it's not real. You yeah, know what I mean? right. Like they they did the matte painting for the OCP building and like yeah. a bunch of other stuff, but I I couldn't tell the first viewing no that that it was any effect at all. I thought it was a weird city. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I didn't even know that, and yeah. I, I just watched the movie last night. Yeah, so shout either. out to Paul Verhoeven. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's work, baby. You want to get back? You want to get your career back on track? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still making movies. Oh, really? What was his last thing? uh, He had a movie that was kind of a comeback a couple years ago. I believe it was called Black Book. I think he made a movie about the Dutch. I'm going to look it up right now. Which is funny because the movie that broke him out was about the Dutch World War II. That's what made him... I forgot what that one's called, but then he made he went back to that well again. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of a maniac. A little bit of a genius. He grew up in that... He grew up in Nazi-occupied Netherlands, so yeah. he, he totally has a connection to that, and it makes even Starship Troopers more profound because it's about like fascism and stuff. 
like, and I, I forget what the name, I actually read a book about this, and he, I mean, he's a little bit younger, but if you even look at the guys, like the 40s and 50s, the, the Nazis made Hollywood happen. Like, oh, basically, yeah. all these people fled the Nazis and came to America, and they made amazing movies. Right. And, like, who, like the whole world would be different. And guys like Verhoeven and Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog is another one who, yep. I, one of my favorite, like, Hollywood stories ever, I think he was on um, Fresh Air with Terry Gross, and he was, him and his, his mother and Werner hid out in the mountains outside Munich during the war. Oh, my God. And he's telling this story. He's like, she's like, well, what was it like? He goes, we were starving every day. He goes, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could do a good Werner Herzog. He's like, one day I found a Nazi rifle, and my idea was I was going to shoot a crow and make soup so we could finally eat in many ways, it was an ideal childhood. Like I love that, like <laughs> that, like oh. Germanic, like dramatic, yeah, like yeah. dry wit. Yeah, yeah. And so Verhoeven again, it's like he he had you know kind of a rough life and comes to America and you know gets to make these amazing movies. Well, yeah. His uh, last, uh, I just took a look. His last uh, like noteworthy film was this movie called L, which uh, won the Golden Globe for. Uh, best foreign language film in 2016. Oh, that's so 2016, great. it's only two years ago. Yeah, yeah. maybe he, he burned out his name in America, I guess, and had to go back there. Well, I think Showgirls really messed. Showgirls up. was a huge flop, and that and another movie I can't think of what the name. They basically bankrupted Corolco Pictures, which is the movie company that like gave us Terminators and the Rambo's, like made oh, all these wow. movies. Yeah, I think we talked about this yeah, on the we, last we episode. Last but yeah, episode. no, 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 it is worth bringing it up again. And, it's pretty uh, crazy. I know Orion went under too. I don't know if that was his fault, but. I, it might be related. I don't know all the details on that, but yeah, it's it's you know it's one of those things where it's like it it happens in every generation where like they give like the young new fresh guys, uh, they have success with making movies with no money, and so they give them a bunch of money, and then the guys you know they blow up. Like well, <laughs> speaking of this movie was yeah. made for thirteen million dollars yeah, and it, it made sixty million dollars in the uh, in the box office. Unbelievable! Yeah, it's and crazy. The, the the like a third of that budget was the suit. I read. I, I, oh, is that I right? don't <laughs> doubt like, that. It was like a million dollar suit. I'm I'm surprised that 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 suit wasn't more than a third of the budget. To be honest, because like, I mean, yeah, actor salaries and stuff, but like that was probably. That was probably really impressive in 1987 yeah. to see that on screen. I mean, come on. Plus all the money on the squibs. Like how many, yeah. how many yeah, did they use? Of, like a thousand? There's so many. Yeah, you're <laughs> a right. A lot of fake <laughs> gunshots in this movie. So Another, much blood. The other um, thing that uh, rem- that like kind of haunted me besides uh, the initial you know shootout of uh, Murphy that I remember like, being like, oh, I'm kind of – I'm going to wonder how I feel about watching this scene when uh, – the bag, one of the bad guys, uh, played by actor Paul McCrane, who was on ER for a long time, he drives into a tanker of toxic waste. Oh, yeah. And then he starts melting and, and mutating. Yeah. And so yeah. I had this irrational fear for my entire childhood that if I ever get toxic waste on my skin, that I'm going to melt. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, oh my God, is that what happens? It's like you could just be driving along and then all of a sudden you got toxic waste on you and you just, yeah. your whole face starts melting oh, off. And oh. not only does he get the toxic waste, he, he tries to go to his friend for his help. But what does his friend say? Like, get away from me, man. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What does he say? He I don't says, know what he says. He Fuck. Says something ridiculous. About. And then he just gets hit by his other friend and his, <laughs> yeah. his, head, he, his head falls off. He turns into like jello. Yeah. <laughs> <He> just <explodes. laughs> it's like a water balloon. Uh, I would imagine a lot of kids that grew up with 80s films or 80s TV shows are like horrified of toxic waste, which like, we never encounter in like yeah, real life. Right. Yeah, yeah, Captain Planet dealt with it's it. It's everywhere. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> One of um, I do want to give a shout out. Like Paul Weller deserves a lot of credit for this movie because oh, yeah. again, it's like at at this time, it's like you have Schwarzenegger, you have Stallone, you have uh, you know 
Bruce Willis is about to pop a Die Hard. There's a lot of ideas of what like the action like '80s movie star is like. And Paul Weller, who Peter went, Weller, oh, excuse yeah. me, I, oh Paul Weller is a British. Uh, it's Peter singer. Weller, and you're you really, would think I would get that right. Yeah, and, my name is Peter. And during a uh, shout out, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah sorry, Poor Peter guy. Weller. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a listener. Yeah, he just hey Peter, we love you. Um, <laughs> he he's like very subtle, and in, in the the feature the special features that we're talking about that he studied like pantomime because a lot of his performance yeah, is right. really just miming playing a, a robot. And it's true, he is really good at that. And I think the director wanted him, or the screenwriters wanted him to run fast, and he was like, hey guys, listen up, I can't move in this thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, so, so there's there's a, a moment in the, in the towards the end of the movie when, when uh, Nancy Allen's character is like kind of being sweet, and she's like nursing him back to health, and it's a very sweet moment, and he's kind of like, uh, you know, having these flashbacks about his former life, and they said that um, they brought in Ar- Armand Asante to mm. read for the role, and in that scene, so like they're like, all right, this scene is you're finding out that you know you're you're, you're having the memories of your former life before you became a robot. And they said Armand Arsanti started like screaming and pulling out his hair and like wailing on the floor. Oh and it's God. like, and Peter Weller just like so subtly just like kind of takes in and has a moment. It's like that's so much of a better choice. That would have been so bad if Armand Asante played this as like a real. Like Guinea Ginzo, like oh robot. Mama me, I'm a robot. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, like yeah, no, uh, seriously. Like he put like a wife beater over the RoboCop suit. <laughs> he starts gesturing with his with the Italian hands. Yeah, he's, he's doing the, he's doing hands. the hands. Dead or alive, you coming with me, buddy? Hey, How you doing? Um, yeah, let's see. Did we get it to everything on your list there? Andrew? No. All right, let's uh, let's go through your list because okay. uh, we yeah. should we should say that Andrew is. A very prepared, most guest. prepared guest of uh, very Kelly serious. History. Actually, typed out, which I think is we great. love it. We love it. He he was uh, self conscious when he brought it over. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, like, we love he, it. He gave me the look like, look at this guy who did his homework. Yeah, man, <laughs> get out of here. No, I mean like it's great because I always have to watch these movies right before. And honestly, I was thinking about doing a last time when I was watching this. I was like, I should do like a vlog or something of me. Like getting ready to watch these movies because I fucking like really never want to watch the movie. Why not? Because like, like, is it like homework? Well, like, I just yeah, it feels like homework. It, it feels like RoboCop was gonna suck, and then I watch it. And honestly, the last like three movies have been like super impressive and like really great yeah. movies. Yeah. But like you made me, we had to watch Action Jackson. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was terrible. Horrendous. But it was fun like, to talk about how terrible that movie also, was. Also, was. let me know. I'm surrounded by bongs, so oh I'm, yeah, I'm sure you, that helps you. Yeah. Well, that's all I do is smoke weed. But it kind of hurts, so I fall asleep in the middle sometimes. Oh no. not, with, not with not with RoboCop. Yeah, Luckily, that's a do you like all the bongs? There's like a third one behind the TV. You don't even see it. How many bongs does one person need? I, I think, think three or four. This microphone doubles as a bong. Yeah, this thing is huge. It's a, it's a thick black microphone. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the uh, the world building to the mm. point where they make their own fake comedy show that makes fun of American shows, which is so because the guy I, I thought it was a game show, but apparently it's supposed to be a sitcom. Oh the, yeah, the guy who says I I'll buy that show. Uh, the guy says I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, he's because, a catchphrase. Because back then that was all comedy was was like, <laughs> did I do that? You know, right, like Bart right. Simpson, like Cowabunga Man, and then this guy just has a catchphrase that doesn't make any sense. But everyone's so <laughs> dumb in the movie, they're like, <laughs> this is really funny. But the funny thing is, like, that's, he's that's really he's making fun of of catchphrases in America, but then RoboCop has his own catchphrase. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. That's true. Yeah. So it's like a meta. I don't know if it's a meta joke on purpose or. I think it is a meta joke. I think it is yeah. on purpose. 
I think it's fun. It's like one of those things where it's like that world building, though. That that's true. The level of detail to include a sitcom <laughs> in a really, movie. It's really great. And then it comes yeah. up at different times. People are watching it before they get robbed. And, and it's you know. honestly hilarious every time. Like you, w- when you're watching it and you keep seeing it, you're like, right. it, it adds an immersion effect. And then the movie, I think sure. there's a there's something where two guys are talking and they're like, I'll buy that for a dollar. You know, yeah. they, they reference the fake show <laughs> in the dial. I loved it. It was so great. It's great. No, that's like a Grand Theft Auto level. Like, you know, the way like the video game will like people will talk on the street about the radio shows they put on the video game. Right. And you'll just like that really puts you in that world when when it's like. They have their own TV shows, and then you just sort of start building these worlds for these characters. Yeah, the billboards match up to the ads on the radio. Yeah, and the yeah. Show. It's yeah. like Tarantino when he has like his brand of cigarettes, and you know, in his movies, it's and important. he has different things that he that he throws. It's it's fun because like when you're a movie director, you can put in whatever you want. Yeah. So anything that's in the movie is a is a thing as a decision you made. Right. So why not have fun with what you throw into the movie? And that's funny that Tarantino's mark is the the cigarettes, and I guess Verhoeven's mark is is cup is guys and girls showering together like, oh yeah which my, one of my favorite things why would they do like in the future you still have genitals yeah like, you know it's like you, don't you still get aroused like why? <laughs> you know what they did it for is they did it for the 12 year olds who are watching the movie at home when the parents were not home that's what they did it for were you 12 when you watched this movie no actually it was like eight but my parents were in the other room yeah he has um i made a note that there was something he had oh he said uh do you want to live forever? The guy says that when he's smoking the cigarette robot. That's right in the beginning, yeah. And then in Starship Troopers, the sergeant says that right before they're about to attack the aliens. He's like, do you want to live forever? Oh, so I shit. thought that was a fun, funny nod to RoboCop or just a trademark he has. Yeah. Uh, Starship Troopers also made by, uh, directed by Verhoeven. Verhoeven. And yeah. also in the future where nothing's like that different except for spaceships, but everyone, they, they just play like a futuristic football game. <laughs> I noticed in Starship Troopers, but I could talk about that. Um, Maybe we'll have to have Andrew back on for Starship Trooper because I've never my, seen that movie. So I don't, one of I don't. my favorite, uh, like, uh, so Clarence, who's the bad guy, who's played by Kurtwood Smith, who's the the dad from '70s Show, who's yeah, he is amazing in this movie. There, you know, we see Just him. Call him Red Man. Come we on. yeah, he's Red. So we see him <laughs> as you know in his like criminal gear, and then for one scene he has to get dressed up to go into the office to meet Ronnie Cox, who's oh, the, the main right. bad guy. And he's wearing a band collar shirt, which I hate. <laughs> it's a shirt. It's basically it's a dress shirt that doesn't have a collar. It just has oh, a yeah. button on top, so you can't wear a tie. Right. And it's like, oh, in the future, everything will be the same with dress, except men will just wear band collar shirts. Right, and look like douchebags, which they already yeah. can wear now. But I, but I right. love that because it's like a little detail where you're like, oh yeah, it must be the future. That's slightly different. Also, in Starship Troopers, they have the fake commercial, fake news. Like they like you know like do your part and stuff. Do you, yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen Starship Troopers? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I saw it a long time ago. So it's basic. It's basically like kind of the same structure as this. In Total mm. Recall too, there was a lot of like fake TV shows, fake commercials. Like the whole plot of Total Recall is him seeing a commercial to go. Oh, that's and right. Get the memories, I, I didn't even you know? realize that too. Yeah, maybe that's a trademark of his. Or yeah, maybe he's that's good something. At that. Maybe that was something in the script here that he took to the other movies. Yeah. I think it's a technique he likes to use because in Total Recall, it's a lot. They use that TV screen. Where like uh, Arnold's watching the ad, yeah, and that like happens like three times in the movie, three or four times. And it's funny because now like I I don't know when I see commercials. Like I haven't watched television with commercials in so long. It's kind of jarring. Yeah, the only thing way. is on YouTube. Yeah. And the thing that drives me crazy is when I'm watching like a, a movie trailer, 
and I'm like, a movie trailer is a commercial. Right. And I'm watching a commercial so that I can watch a commercial. Meanwhile, and then you watch something else, and that movie trailer is now the commercial for the other thing. Yeah. It's like, who's what's going on here? It drives me crazy how like trailers now, like they give way too much of the movie away. Like, yeah. Let's like, save some of that stuff. Like, why do you have to show me all these things? They I'll go sh- see the movie, I promise. Like the movie Venom? You yeah. see like the the preview for that? It gave a whole it gave the beginning, middle, and end away. I know yeah, the whole everything. movie. Now. Yeah. Well, in the, I mean, the new Mission Impossible, which is incredible, it's amazing. But you know, some of the best uh, shots and scenes in the Mission Impossible movie are in the trailer. Like, yeah, why show? Why show that the like? There's an amazing motorcycle chase. Yeah. And the end of the motorcycle chase is Tom Cruise getting taken out by a car and right. rolling on the floor. Why show that in the trailer? Yeah. Like that's this jarring surprise moment in the movie, and I knew it was coming the whole time I'm watching this this motorcycle chase. Yeah, but then so, the so. thing he does after that you didn't see coming, which I I I think took me out of the movie completely. I don't remember what you're talking about right now. Uh, bring well, it up, we don't care. Well, spoil it's a spoil- it. super spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't seen Mission Impossible, he goes into a sewer drain. Oh, and then yeah. there's a boat there with oh, his friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah how did they know he was gonna roll right there? Yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> it so, little. It was so dumb. We, I wanted, I want to do an. I, <laughs> Peter loves that movie. I want to do an episode. Want to fight it out. I want to that. No, movie, I like the movie too, but it, that part it, it needed less. It's like too much of everything. In that movie. If the movie was a half hour shorter, it might have been the greatest action movie ever made. But I remember in the theater, I said, "Come on!" and everyone started laughing. Yeah, <laughs> like it was a natural reaction. Oh, to, you got a laugh what, in the audience to what I just saw. It was so ridiculous. I love that though. That feels like when you get a laugh in in school oh, or yeah. something. Oh my god, those <laughs> like, were better than even killing sometimes. Yeah, I was like, I'm killing up here in the, in, in the back of a movie that I didn't make. You should have you should have yelled out your Instagram handle. <laughs> yo, follow me. Yo, click to subscribe. Twitter. You got a lot of Twitter followers, huh? Yeah, I've been slowly building them up. I had a and I. I've been well, trying, what's your handle? What's your Twitter handle? It's uh, my first initial A in Chavone, spelled S C H I A V O N E. Yeah, we'll put that all in the description for you. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that just happened organically where you just build up over time? I'm always curious how that yeah, stuff happens. So like I'll I'll do like a viral tweet. Well, so I first I did like a viral tweet that got like um you know like a bunch of like a thousand retweets and no one followed me from that. So then <sighs> so I, aggravating. I, I, I well, what was that tweet by the way? It was something like the neighbor says he's three different nationalities and I'm like, "Oh, just say you're from Queens." Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. For some that reason, that got blew up, but so no one followed me. So now, when I get a tweet that gets a little bit of like like two hundred likes, I'll follow everyone who liked it, and then they'll follow me back. Ah, uh, that's smart. And I have somebody who already likes the jokes I write. There so, you go. And why not follow them? They retweeted. They helped you out. Right. Yeah. So then maybe I'll unfollow them later. But that's, that's <laughs> what you're doing your little part to create community. Right? <laughs> that that was my strategy, but it worked. I mean, now now when I tweet. If I don't have something that's less than 100 likes, it's a bomb for me. Wow. 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 On Twitter, too. That's yeah, a, I know. So that's Good for you, man. Yeah, I had something today that kind of bombed, so I had to delete that. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad... New joke idea? It's a bad reflection. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's new... I work out new joke ideas through there, too. So if I'm like, if, if this really takes off, I'm like, well, I guess it could be relatable. Um, yeah, definitely. So what were we talking about? Uh, what were we talking about right before that? Uh, Starship Troopers, the world building, the world uh, building thing about the world um, building the sitcom in in the in the universe. Uh, oh yeah, um, you could just jump to something else. If okay, you have it. yeah. So the the fact I wanted to point out was like so interesting that I pieced together myself and I learned about and I think it's true that the um, the Miguel char- character, the actor, Miguel Ferrer, yeah. you, who what's his name in the movie again? Bob. I got it. On Is it Bob? Yeah. Something. He. Um, he knew that he wanted a RoboCop. Bob like that, Morton. Yeah. Yeah. He knew he wanted a RoboCop early. So there's a scene where he's like, 
uh, we have a list of candidates based on risk factors. Risk factors, yeah, risk factors. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. the next scene is Peter Weller starting the new precinct. And then he goes to the call at the warehouse where he gets killed by the guy who works for OCP. So yeah. it's like, they, it looked like it was planned to have Peter Weller's character go in the warehouse, get killed, so then they could take him and be Robocop. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They sent him on that mission. They yeah. sent him on the mission where he knew, you know, there's five guys that were insane, you know. He likely to get vicious, killed or yeah. something, yeah. Yeah, so if that's true, that Bob character is, like, really messed up, and he, and then I feel bad, don't feel bad for him that he exploded with a bunch of hookers. Or yeah, whatever. fuck yeah. him, dude. <laughs> well, they, I think the hookers got away. It was, oh, yeah, they, they, oh, yeah, he said, bitches allowed, leave. They're allowed to run away. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches leave. Yeah, and then, Good uh, advice. And then Bob just sits there like an idiot. Simpler times, man. The 80s. I miss the 80s sometimes. Yo, bitches, I'm about to drop a grenade in this motherfucker. Get out of here. Yeah, and then talk about like the... So like his first day on the, the precinct, he goes there. That's like the worst day of a job ever. Oh my God, you know? immediately. He comes I, in all like oh, terror yeah, It's his face. first yeah. day of work. <laughs> He's all happy. He meets, you know, a cool chick. They're like, hey, we'll be friends. And then, oh, and she's just beating some guy up, like a criminal oh, up in right. the precinct, which I don't think that's how it, how, I don't think that's how it happens. Oh, I, um, my first day at a restaurant, I dropped a mimosa on a guy's head. Yeah. Uh, what? But right. I think getting viciously murdered by a, a gang and is your, worse. Yeah, your hand blown off. Yeah, that might be a worse first day of work. Definitely yeah. worse, but that's also awful, Peter. Yeah. How do you drop it on someone's head? I had a tray of mimosas, and this woman was a, a, a low talker, and so she's ta- she's trying to ask me questions while I have the tray of mimosas in my head, and I'm inexperienced, so I lean in to, to hear what she says, and as I do that, I tip the tray, and all it goes comes on down. this guy's head. And, and everyone, it was like a table of six or seven people, and they're like, of all the people at the table, that's the one guy you don't want to do that to. Oh, and it, no. it turns out that he was on his way to conduct a symphony in Canada, and he <laughs> was wearing his special conductor vest and that he was going to conduct in, in at, wearing York. it at brunch. So he flipped because we you know we offered to dry clean it for him and right. you know, what, well, that, like, that's on him to yeah, yeah don't, don't guys if too. i can give you one word of advice don't ever wear your special conductor vest right especially to brunch to, in new york to brunch where it's like messy eggs you yeah, know there's ketchup yeah. on things there's, right there's always a like ketchup underneath the plate like you know, <laughs> yeah it's ketchup everywhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what an idiot <laughs> but yeah not as bad as getting murdered at work okay so uh Oh, I got to talk about the music. How good was that? Yeah, amazing. the score is amazing in this movie. I don't even know. Very good. It's like a symphony, but also a tuba or something. There's a tuba in there for sure. <laughs> There's some brass, low brass for sure. And then like at sad moments, it's just the same theme, but with like a violin. Yeah. Did you notice that? It's so, really, it, it won awards for its uh, yeah. sound mixing. So this movie has a lot of like Western like tropes. When oh, he's, it's true. And in fact, we did Unforgiven. And, you know, in the beginning of Unforgiven, when Clint Eastwood decides he's going to go back to... You know, being a killer, he goes and tries to shoot, and he can't hit. You know, he, his aim is off. Oh. And there's literally a scene, and I wonder if if Clint Eastwood kind of borrowed that from this, because there's a scene where Robocop is trying to get his shit back together, and he has to relearn how to how to hit a target. That's shooting. crazy. The scene is almost exactly the same in Unforgiven as it is in Robocop. Definitely was a nod there. I yeah. gotta watch Unforgiven. I, that, oh, it's uh, amazing. I mean, we all we did for that movie. Sometimes it's better to talk about movies that are not that great because it makes for a funner pod. When you're talking about a movie that's amazing, all you can do is like, oh yeah, that part's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that guy, oh yeah, yeah he, no, he was that. also amazing in it. 
it. Yeah, yeah no, cool. I love that part. And then I love that part too. And then there was this other part that I loved. It's like, yeah, we had some funny moments on that, but mostly that was, that was, uh, yeah. that was probably our, our most educational podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, three. we did like a parental warning. Like, listen guys, if you're looking for jokes, yeah, we, did, not- we, we added an intro. That was hilarious. I forgot about that. Like this <laughs> yeah. one's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Sorry in advance. Yeah. This one, we're going to just be like, uh, guys, sorry about Andrew, but the rest of the episode is great. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just include that. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. We can edit it out. Uh, using uh, 1987 editing technology will just matte paint you out of the... I was going to say, just matte paint me to be just a giant microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the music was cool. Uh, I also like that they... um, Oh, this was like apparently the the scene where they're in the gas station and the guy's robbing it with the machine gun and the guy's like reading a book and he's wearing glasses. That's supposed to be uh, Paul Vanderhoven. Verhoven. Verhoven, Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be him. Like apparently he's was a nerd and he reads books with glasses like I that. I think he was a mathematics student. He's college. a mathematics yeah. student. Yeah, and the guy says, "What are you reading? In math or, so, yeah. or something?" You like, a college boy? Yeah, he makes fun of him. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't I, catch that at because all. Because the first time, because that usually was a weird thing to me too, where I was like, "Why is this nerd guy working at a gas station at night?" You know, yeah. like yeah, can can he, he just do some research projects? He seems to be smart. That was yeah. also like a, <laughs> as, as, yeah. as a nerdy kid, that was also my fear that I might be held up by a guy with an Uzi while I'm trying to study. <laughs> <laughs> like, this movie like hit a lot of like of my childhood like fear and frustration. Like, yeah, I was not looking forward to the future after watching RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, definitely brutal, violent, and I definitely didn't want to go to Detroit because that's what I always pictured. Yeah, I I can't believe how they nailed Detroit. Yeah. yeah. They nailed it. It's like a prophecy of doom. It's unreal. Yeah, they really I thought that they knew something. I seriously <laughs> paused the movie and researched like like how Detroit was doing in 1987 to see if the and it it, it was it was doing fine. Maybe they had to <laughs> I mean, see it coming. Like that's when yeah. Japanese cars became popular. Yeah, pretty like, much. What yeah. are they gonna do? It is kind of the wild wild. Like I, you know, we could like what I'm paying for my rent stabilized apartment in Spanish Harlem. I probably could buy a house in Detroit and like. We could be, we could be, we could be trailblazers. Like it's literally like the Wild Wild West, where you go out there and like stake your claim. It's starting to get a little bit better, I think. I mean, maybe it, maybe it got knocked down because of Flint's. Yeah, I don't know. Stupid me, I'm here, you know, paying five dollars for an apple so I can live in New York City. (laughs) Yeah, for yeah. What are we getting out of it? Well, I guess we don't get robbed by uh, OCP people. No, and we get stage time. We could start our own comedy club in Detroit. No. Make it a bringer. No, <laughs> that's not gonna. That's not gonna be good. Is there comedy in Detroit? Yeah, I, know what, Detroit. I think it's like uh, urban comedy is big there. Oh, no. That's my scene, man. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's true, true, actually. Oh, is I'm, it? I'm, okay. going up, I'm going up to Harlem after this. Well, you got, you're going to Harlem Nights? Uh, yeah, I'll probably stop over there. Cool. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, so another thing, um, you know, that scene that also stuck with me for a long time is where that girl's getting sexually assaulted by the two guys. Yeah. yeah, or maybe yeah, it was just yeah. one guy. She, no, it's two. It's well, two. they were together. It's definitely two guys. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. RoboCop shoots through her dress and into the guy's penis. Yeah, and you're like, "What the fuck? He's gonna shoot the girl?" And they they're even saying it like, "He's gonna shoot the girl" or whatever. Right. And he's just he just hit nails the guy's cock. <laughs> but that I mean, was cool. if you're a, like a supercomputer robot from the future, like that's what I want out of my RoboCops. You know, that, what I mean? that, that ability. When when I hear about like sexual assault, that's what I picture that scene. You know, I'm like a girl in a white dress going, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, again, it's like going back to the same thing. It's like this movie and, and Total Recall too. like Verhoeven, for whatever reason, like he, he creates these like images and these like moments that like we remember like 30 years later. Yeah. Like I literally have not seen this movie. Maybe I saw it again, you know, 
five years after the first time I saw it. So you're talking probably 25 years that I haven't seen this movie. I remember specifically the toxic waste scene, specifically oh, yeah. Murphy getting killed, specifically the girl getting the bullet through the dress and, and shooting the guy in the dick. It's like those, that's, it's so well done that you can't help but remember that shit 20 something years later. And that's like, that's, again, that's one of the geniuses <laughs> of this movie. And I was reading the IMDb trivia and apparently they, um, that scene was like improvised. Like they originally oh. wanted RoboCop to shoot past the girl's cheek and into the guy's face, but they were like, "We can't get the angle right based upon what she's moving." But the way she's standing with her legs spread open, we could shoot the guy's dick. And Verhoeven was like, "Let's do it." Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome Verhoeven that he was like, like I'm went on board with, with the dick He's an evil genius. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan. We gotta write an action movie script and then pres- like bring it to him. You like, yeah, man. Up. With the same, I mean, you could just take this structure and apply it to anything. Like, it's true. Because so, it's so tight. Yeah, it's a done. classic like movie structure. You know, that's like, it's the simplicity is part of the deal. It's part of what's great about it. And and he has like a backstory before you get to know him. You're like, oh, he's a really good cop. He has a son that likes T.J. Laser, which I found out was a part, supposed to be T.J. Hooker. Oh in yeah. Space. Yeah, 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 that's why T.J. Hooker is played by um, the guy. T.J. Laser. T- yeah, but in the in real life, T.J. Oh, Hooker okay. is played by um, Shatner. Yeah. yeah, who's in Star Trek? Yeah, so they put mix those two together to make T.J. Laser. That's funny. Another great. Little, I, didn't, I didn't catch that at all. Like another, really funny. another great little detail is that you know Murphy the cop twirls his gun. Yeah, Robocop twirls his gun. That's right. one of the ways that Nancy Allen realizes that Robocop is Murphy. And mm. then you see the flashback, and it's like, yeah. oh, he got it from the TV show. And he and from because his son liked it, he wanted to impress his son, yeah. which is even more tragedy to the uh, to the yeah, whole it's story. More heartbreaking again. Like, uh, that's the kind of stuff that you don't even notice the first time watching the movie, where you're like. That's wow, that's a really great detail. And yeah. the, it's interesting you say tragedy because my, my mom shouts out mom. She's a listener. She loves the pod. She loves you, by the way, Peter. Oh, thanks. Gotta, yeah. Sweet she lady. St- um, she stopped taking your calls. Uh yeah. Well <laughs> she's like, is Peter there? <laughs> I told you I'm Italian. She did not stop taking my calls. Uh, oh, we my talk God. every day. But uh she she brought up, she was like, uh, me and your father went to the movie in theaters and we both were like uh, I guess we'll go to RoboCop. Like they were both like they didn't want to see it. They didn't think it was gonna be good. And my mom said she was she remembered she doesn't remember much from the movie, but she remembers <laughs> she mem- being she, oddly she, she touched. Remembers, she remembers the popcorn. It was, she, it was stale. No, she said she remembers being oddly touched by the movie, and it was like tragic. Oh, so when wow. you said tragedy. She was like, she remembers being like, I didn't expect to feel anything about RoboCop, but it is a tragic story. It's yeah. very Re- rewind because this is this is a sweet. So you talk to your mom today, and you're like, she's yeah, like, like an hour ago. She's like, oh, what are you doing today? She goes, oh, you, oh I'm recording my podcast. Yes. Oh, what are you talking about, RoboCop? And she had a story about yes. seeing RoboCop oh. in theaters. Yes. We'll that's get her on the pod. I don't beautiful. Know. That's she's, beautiful. She's a she's a nice lady. I tell you know? like I still have to explain what a podcast is to my mom, and I've told her. Well, how old is your times. mom? She's it has nothing to do with her age. But she's <laughs> she's also Italian. She's sixty, but she it, it has nothing. Okay, to do with her age. my my mom's like in her fifties. Every time I come home from New Jersey, she asks me how I like. She doesn't understand how the subway works. Like I have to explain to her like mass transit. <laughs> what time so, is it up there? Yeah, <laughs> it's the same time. She just has a so Midwestern the accent that, like, for some reason. So the idea that she would even know what RoboCop is like is mind blowing to me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, my mom was all, all about it. I guess 1987 was like my older brother right before he was born. And she's, oh, okay. she was a first-generation immigrant, right? Yes, she, she was, was. Or she was Italian. She was Americanized by that point, but she had um, they. Her first language is Italian. Uh, okay, when she first, went to kindergarten, right. she only spoke Italian. But you know, she went to. She was 
basically they moved to America. I think she she was like two or three years old. Yeah, yeah. So hey, you know, uh, RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny because Italians like part of well Sicilian culture especially is not liking the cops. So I can be like I can imagine Sicilians be like I don't want to watch this cop movie. Is this a yeah. good? I don't like, like I don't like the police. Well, you know it's funny. My dad was a police officer. He oh, was actually a cop at the time. Oh wow. Yeah, when he saw it with my mom. I read yeah. that they screened it in front of cops and they were like just to gauge if it would be like offensive to them and they started cheering when RoboCop threw the guy through the window and, and like apparently like it was a big deal because they were nervous that he wasn't reading him his Miranda rights or he was reading him as he was throwing him through a window but apparently the cops stood up and started going ape shit. Oh, I can see <laughs> cops loving this fucking movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. why would they be worried? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is so great. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's a robot, you know, you can't really take that seriously. Obviously, they're not going to not like the movie because he didn't read his Miranda rights. It's an unfair portrayal of the police. Yeah, it's a robot person. For God's sakes, it's a robot. Take this seriously, guys. Everybody everybody chill out. Everybody calm down. So I I think we're going to have to, I mean, I have to head out soon. We're we're like an hour and six minutes in. All right. Cool. Yeah. But I mean, what what else do you have on the list? I don't want to miss anything, Okay, just real quick. The um, the, uh, melting man was uh toxic was yeah. ins- the toxic person was inspired by the incredible melting man a movie in 1977 and i looked it up and it's the same face all oh, right looks like they paul or maybe whoever saw the movie they're like this guy looks weird let's figure out a way to make this into the movie oh really yeah. <laughs> so Wait, what's the called? movie called the incredible it- melting man okay i'm gonna look that up from 1970 it's, it's a guy an astronaut that goes into space and he comes back and he's all like mutated but it looks like the guy who gets hit by the car. So I think they're like, let's, this movie's weird. Let's try to do this. How will we do it? Maybe he runs into a thing of toxic waste. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like so random. But yeah. maybe that's why it's so random. Yeah, yeah. That scene, I mean, look, Peter's traumatized. I still. You really can't think about that scene. I am, and I don't, like, it's funny, like, I don't, like, I don't worry about germs. Like, I'll eat, like, food off the floor. But the idea of getting. <laughs> that's that's but, gross. Like, dude. I'm not, like, I'm not going out by that. Like, but, like, the idea of, like, Falling into toxic waste still worries me. I mean, a, of a course, if you fell into toxic waste, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, this isn't a big deal." I mean, you'd think it would be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be a big deal? It, and it literally, <laughs> and to help the audience out, it says "toxic waste" in large letters on the outside of the yeah. container. That's what every warehouse needs: is a vat of toxic waste. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so, kids, if you you know if you learn nothing else from this episode, please avoid toxic waste at all costs. There's yeah. no barriers around it; it's just on a road. Yeah, yeah I love you can, that. And literally, it's like a, it's like a tin can that you just hit it with your car like, lightly, and it it's completely like, collapses. Yeah. And there's just a lid. There's no like lock on the lid. It's, a fucking, it's like a fucking Tupperware lid. Yeah, it's like whoops. You like dip, you, you like dip your finger in there, take a taste. Oh, yeah, it tastes like poison. I don't know. Yeah. Is this where is this where we're keeping the uh, the chocolate sauce? No. Uh, Andrew, do you want to plug anything? You want to give your handles again? Oh, for okay. So when does this when does this come out? This will oh, drop week. Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday morning. Okay. So. Uh, I got some road gigs. Yeah, nice. yeah let's, let's talk about them. Saturday. I'm in, in Hanover, or uh, Saturday, October 6th. I'm in yeah. Hanover, Pennsylvania. Um, I forgot the venue, but I'll post to Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Monday, the October 8th, I'm in Rhode Island for the Rogue Island Festival. Nice. Um, and then the following, or no, that week, the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, I'm in Indianapolis at this new Morty's place. Morty's. Morty's. Like Morty's it. closed, but they opened this other venue that's in the theater, and I'll be there for the weekend. And that's the uh, 11th, 12th, what was it? 13th and 14th. Okay. It's, and that's uh, Octo- it's October, part of a obviously. showcase, so I'm not a headliner or a feature. It's, yeah, who are like, you going up there with? It's it's just like a show. It's like random. They take random people. They're filming something for Comcast. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. oh yeah. is it going to be taped? 
Yeah. Oh, that's so, great, man. Congrats. Um, out of that, I'll hopefully I'll get a good tape. I think you will. That sounds like you will. And uh, that's it. Oh, and then my Twitter is a Chavone uh, and Instagram Andrew Chavone. Okay, so Instagram's the full mm. name. Yeah. Twitter's the a Chavone. Right. We'll plug. We'll I put did, those I, both in the description. I, after I got the Instagram, I tried to go back to the Twitter. It was already taken. My and name that, was already taken by somebody else. <laughs> and that's S C H I A V O N E. Right. All right. Chavone. Chavone. How you doing? Meatball. Guys, this has been another episode of Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garachi. Yeah, I'm Alex Bashera. Uh Peter, you have anything to plug? You have your uh, show. In, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, FM Bar, my show, Kosha Ravioli, uh, will be October 3rd, uh, Wednesday at 8 p.m. And Alex is actually going to appear on that show. Yeah, where is it? Where is it? At FM Bar in Jersey City. Oh, Jersey awesome. City, so Avenue. it's going to be a regular thing. It's, uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm going to try to get you on as soon as I can. Congratulations, uh, though. Yeah, thanks That's a lot. That's great. So yeah, we did great, it one man. time. They asked us to come back. So now this is the third uh, third time we're doing it. It's going to hopefully continue to be the first Wednesday of every month in Jersey City. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah and I got some exciting stuff coming up, but uh, I... There's something I, I can't actually say Ooh. right now. I told you about it, I think. Maybe. Yeah, it's going to be like a monthly thing. But, you know, I, I'll talk about it very, very shortly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be at uh, Greenwich Village Comedy Club in uh, the Village in New York every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday for the foreseeable future at, like, 8 p.m. 7.30. 7.30 p.m. Nice. Yep. All right. Um, all right, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>